Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. You're listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers, and Gil is the host of Locked On NHL, and he writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's love for Green Bay football. Gil, we got a really fun look at Jordan Love. Uh, we talked about how he looked in the preseason and that he seemed like a different football player than he had been in the last couple of years. And we were really intrigued, I think, by uh, the growth we were seeing out of him. And this is like the happiest I have seen the Packers fan base after a loss in a long time. Like everybody's just I keep hearing people say like, hey, let's. Put Aaron on IR. He's he's banged up like the season is over. Let's put him on IR and let's watch Jordan Love for the rest of the season. Like people are excited about this kid now. This is fun. People were first got excited about uh, how good Christian Watson has been playing. Now they're excited about Jordan Love. I think that we would like to see a few games of those two dudes rocking together. I certainly would, and I think that the team should do that probably after this Bears game. I figure Rodgers starts against Chicago, then you have the bye. That gives them more time to prepare Jordan Love and prepare the team for Jordan Love. And yeah. quite honestly, the what is it? The Packers now have coming into the Chicago game a 3% chance from what I've read of making the playoffs this year. By the time we play again, even if we beat Chicago, that may be non-existent. Uh, like mathematically, the team could be eliminated. And as soon as that's the case, I don't know if you need to put uh, Rodgers on IR, but certainly I would play love the rest of the way as soon as the team is mathematically eliminated. Yeah, it's tough because Rodgers doesn't want to be benched, uh, even if he is banged up. and um. I, you know, if, if you are trying to make the case that the Packers should be tanking, I don't know that like love is the right answer in that case. Like, I, I think you are going to win some games if you put love out there just because uh, I, like Rodgers is not at 100 percent right now. We are not getting the best of Aaron Rodgers, and that is not to dog on Aaron Rodgers, but like he is he is feeling it right now. He his body is all jacked up. What he needs to do is heal up rest. I mean, it, whether you want him back next year or not, and the fan base is certainly divided on that. I think either way, like you want Aaron to sit because you want to know what you have in Jordan love and you want Rogers to get healthy because he's not healthy right now. And it is affecting his ability to go out there and win games. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the two interceptions that he threw last week against the Eagles, if his thumb is healthy, He's not throwing those kind of interceptions very often. And 
the to me the worst case scenario for the Packers would be if Aaron Rodgers insists on playing, Jordan Love doesn't get to start, and in you know week seventeen in in a meaningless game. Aaron Rodgers suffers a serious injury that either ends his career or doesn't allow him to start the season on time next year, then you're in a whole different set of situations. And that would be the worst case scenario. Let Rodgers heal. Let his thumb get better. It, it, it isn't where it needs to be even now. And he got hurt in what, week five? Uh, to me, if there's nothing to gain by winning these games as far as making the playoffs goes, Let's see what the kid can do. You have to make a decision on whether to pick up his fifth-year option. And quite honestly, even if Rodgers comes back next year and the year after that, which is the rest of his contract, if Jordan Love plays well, then you know, okay, he's the guy we're going to build around after Rodgers uh, retires or gets traded, if that unlikely scenario plays out. And if he plays poorly, then at least the – the you know Goody and, and and the front office knows hey we got to get somebody else but based on the way he looked against the Eagles he certainly looked decisive he made his reads well he had zip on the ball uh not to say he was perfect but uh, it certainly was a dramatic step up from what we've seen in the past yeah Aaron Rodgers will and probably should play against the Bears uh, and, and I fully expect to see the best version of Aaron out there against the Bears, similar to the Dallas game. Uh, look, <laughs> my, my my analysis of this game is not going to be as um, in depth as you would like, because a lot of it is going to come down to like some gut feelings and some emotions on this one. I'm sorry for that. I'm just warning you up front. What we saw from Aaron against the Dallas game was like he was playing on a different level. He was putting his body on the line because he desperately wanted to beat Mike McCarthy did not want to lose to Mike and he freaking hates the Cowboys. Well, the only team in the league that he hates to the same degree that he hates the Cowboys is the bears. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of, uh, distaste and I would say disdain for Chicago. He now, come on. How, how can you hate a team you own? I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, I you know, I own some Packers stock and I'm feeling some unfriendly feelings toward the Packers this year. I'll just admit but that. But that's frustration. That's not hatred. Uh, that's true. But who who among us is not frustrated watching the Bears? Come on. But I, I think that I think we're going to see, you know, one of those really good versions of Rodgers against the Bears. I think he's going to come out. He's going to, to absolutely just dominate. Will the Packers defense be able to do anything at all? We're going to talk about that, um, but, but I think the offense will do plenty against Chicago. And then I think after the Chicago game, there is a very realistic chance that Brian Gutekunst puts Aaron Rodgers on IR. Um, one big problem you have in in trying to like wait and make the decision to uh, not start Jordan until we're mathematically eliminated is that like, we might not be mathematically eliminated until week 17 of the season. Just you look around the league and how many teams who are just a win or two away from sealing a playoff spot are just refusing to get that last win. Like the, it is an NFL of mediocrity this year. Nobody is willing to win the games they need to win in order to get, you know, seal their spot into the playoffs. 
The Packers are limping along with four freaking wins and still are not eliminated yet. And guess what? We don't play next week. We right. have a bye week next week. So, like, if you if you beat Chicago this week and then you have a bye week next week, you're probably looking at, like, week 17 or so until you're actually eliminated from the playoffs, even though you're going to have, like, a 1% chance or a point. Zero zero three percent chance, whatever, and you need to win every game and have everybody else lose every game in order to get in. Like this is the year that that's it's going to come down to the wire like that. In all, is very very plausible. So I have heard a lot of people talk about the need for if Aaron Rodgers is going to be back here next year, that he needs to keep playing with these receivers and keep building chemistry with them. To which I say, hey, you know what? If he wants to build chemistry with these receivers, he's got all freaking off season. Mm-hmm. And we know he's not going to do that. He's not going to get together with them. He's not going to show up for OTAs. I don't really care about giving him an extra game or two at the end of the season when he's not going to take advantage of any of the off season to do just that. And we need to see Jordan Love. It is time for us to see Jordan Love. I agree. I mean, if Rodgers, if it was that important to Aaron Rodgers to develop chemistry with those young guys, he should have been at OTAs. He could have held the Aaron Rodgers, you know, off-season passing camp and invited yep. his receivers, even if it was informal and wasn't an official team activity. He could have done that in June or July before training camp. And and quite honestly, you know, if he really wants to get more time with these receivers, let him do it next year. Let him go to OTAs in, in the spring. At this point, to me, having Aaron Rodgers suffer a serious injury in a meaningless game or a game where there's a 0.5% chance of making the playoffs, which, I mean, even this 3% chance, it's not going to happen. And let's start with this. Can this team realistically win five games in a row? Nothing they've done all year long tells me that they can win five in a row, even if they were playing five bad teams and they're, you know, the schedule has its difficult games as well. But I can't see this Packer team, the way they've played this year, not just on defense, not just on the offense, not just on special teams, all facets of the game. They haven't done anything that shows me they're going to win five straight. And then if they do win five straight, they still need a lot of things to happen in order to make the playoffs. So, you know, they could win this week against the Bears, and by the time the bye week comes, they could be either mathematically eliminated or be like less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, at which case I still say start Jordan Love. Yeah, uh, we're going to get into the breakdown of this game because it is a really interesting one, and it I think this is, you know, the, the, the calculus that goes into this game is very different than all the other ones we've been talking about because the Chicago Bears are such a unique opponent mm-hmm. and the matchups across the board, I think, I think really are kind of crazy on, on, on both sides. So we're, we're going to get into that before we do Gil uh, Packers post. What mm-hmm. is there to read this week on your website? Well, we, we definitely, I, I wrote an article about why I think Jordan love should start once the Packers are mathematically eliminated. So that was uh an article. I, I actually wrote a piece earlier this week that says the Packers should move on from Joe Bar- uh, Joe Barry. And I hate writing articles like that, but I just think after last week's game, the Packers have reached the point of no return. 
as far as the defense goes. I just thought that was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen in a long, long time, um, both coaches and players. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, tomorrow I'll have my full preview of, uh, of this game going up, and, and my prediction at the end of this show will match the prediction I made in the article. So, All right. All right. I'm excited to – Get to read that. And then, uh, of course, I have a second podcast about the Packers that um, has always gone up on Wednesdays. My show has now moved to Mondays. So my Monday show this week was a list of like 40 names of defensive coordinator candidates. So I went through, I put together, I think, five categories of coaches that you can look at. Uh, I looked at uh, promising assistant coaches uh, around the NFL. This is like my favorite pool of guys to draw from. Like, hey, you know, look at the the safeties coach for the Jets, like that kind of stuff. I I love looking at that level. That that's where I like finding guys. But I also looked at uh, former NFL head coaches. I looked at coaches who are in college right now. I looked at uh, defensive coordinators for other teams that maybe you could snipe. And then I talked about the most important group of coaches and not because I wanted to, but because I just have to live in the world of reality. And that is the list of Matt LaFleur buddies who are out there, (laughs) which is probably the list he would actually hire from. So um, I think that was a good episode. I encourage you to go check that out over on cheese and Packers on the Packard podcast network. We're going to talk about the bears right now. First of all, we're going to talk about uh, impact injuries we'll start with uh the bears of course eddie jackson darnell mooney and khalil herbert are all on ir um that is a really big deal those are uh, obviously really key uh players for the bears uh darnell mooney being out i think hurts their offense a lot probably um he has been having a pretty good year uh eddie jackson has kind of been bad for a few years but he's been having a really good year uh in 2022 he's out with a leg injury he's on ir of course khalil herbert sneakily one of the best running backs in the nfl this year uh very very talented player that leaves them uh leaning much more on david montgomery who has just not been it this year also, uh, a couple of, of injuries along the offensive line. Larry Borum and Riley Reef are both questionable to play. Uh, that's the uh, that's the two tackles for the Bears. And I, th- I think that that is um, uh, definitely a big deal. You, know, you, you do have uh, Braxton Jones, who is playing quite well. And then the interior is doing some good things for the Bears. Their offensive line has really turned things around. Um, but if you're missing Riley Reef and you don't have Larry Borum, I think you are potentially in a real world of trouble when you're trying to figure out who's going to be playing opposite Larry Borum. Who's going to fill in at right tackle if Reef can't go? Well, you, you know, you left out another important player who's on IR for the Bears, and that's our old friend Lucas Patrick. But, uh, yes. you know, just just wanted to give him a little shout out. But, yeah, the right tackle situation right now is problematic for the Bears. And when you add to the fact that, you know, their quarterback misses last week's game because of a shoulder injury, that compounds it. Because, you know, if Justin Fields can't run, his effectiveness is greatly reduced. And maybe, you know, the Bears also have a bye next week. Maybe they hold back Fields for one more game and let his shoulder heal because if he can't run, the offense loses perhaps its its 
best weapon, which is, and, and we know last week, we saw how wonderfully the Packers are able to defend against running quarterbacks. It's only been a problem for 15, 20 years. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I think the offensive line being shorthanded like that is going to be an important facet of this game. And the player I think we need to see more from is Kingsley and Igbare, who I think really could have a breakout game uh, going up against this compromised and banged up Bears offensive line. Well, let's let's talk about Justin Fields for a minute because uh, it is absolutely true that he is the most lethal as a runner. He has not been a good passer of the football this year. Uh, grades out quite poorly. He's the 35th best passer in the league. Um, as a runner, he's got a 91.3 grade on the season. Like he is freaking lethal and credit to Luke Getze. He's done a good job with, uh, scheming up this offense and, and stressing defenses and making them, uh, predict and guess what they're going to do and allocate resources to try and contain Justin Fields. And, and obviously that gives you opportunities to hit guys down the field. Of course, they have really heavily featured equanimous St. Brown, uh, in their offense, he's a, a key part of what they're doing, and it's working about as well as you would think that would work. <laughs> um, <laughs> if Fields can't run around, I think that this passing attack alone is not good enough to get the job done. And miss, missing Khalil Herbert really hurts them as well because, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Darnell, not Darnell, uh, David Montgomery, um, you know what? He's, he's just not as dynamic as Khalil Herbert is, and he's not been having as good of a year. Uh, David Montgomery does have uh, three rushing touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's still sitting at about 500 yards on the season, and he's just not particularly dangerous in about any category. Well, no, I mean, the average yards per carry, Khalil Herbert 6.0, David Montgomery 4.0. Oh, by the way, Justin Field 6.8 yards per carry. That, that tells you all you need to know. And look, the, the problem is that a guy like David Montgomery, while he has not been particularly dangerous, is going up against a Green Bay Packers run defense that is now ranked next to last in the league at average yards allowed per game after that disastrous. Do you realize last week was the third worst run defensive performance by the Packers in the 102 or three year history of the team being in the NFL. I, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Packers defense. We will, they are, they are, they're the number one thing to talk about here with this Packers team. But I, I want to, I want to focus a, a little bit here on, on the, uh, you know, with, with Justin Fields specifically and this offensive line, because, because I do think that this is like, absolutely critical that they have to have Riley reef for right tackle, because if you don't have Riley reef, I don't think that you're starting Michael Schofield at right tackle. You're probably moving Tevin Jenkins back out to right tackle. He's been playing at right guard all year. He's been doing a really good job at right guard. And that's one of the reasons that they are having so much success. Um, He is a fantastic uh, run blocker. Um, a, a decent pass blocker, and he is shoring up the interior. I mean, he's playing next to to Sam Mustafer, who is freaking horrific. And then Cody Whitehair is not doing a fantastic job uh, either. 
and it, and you don't have Lucas Patrick, as you mentioned. So if you, you move Tevin Jenkins to right tackle and he's not a very good tackle and you have to slot somebody else who's worse in their right guard, this offensive line isn't going to be able to stop a runny nose and they're not going to be able to uh, create any kind of opportunities for fields to, uh, you know, buy some time and, and then sneak out and run around if he's even able to play, which is a big if because he is banged up. There is uh, there there is uh, talks that uh, Trevor Simeon is going to have to start again. And then didn't they signed Nathan Peterman this week. I think I think Nathan Peterman is who they, is who they signed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, Tim Boyle. No, Tim Boyle is Tim Boyle. That's right. Tim Boyle. Tim, I hope they start Tim Boyle because if they do, they're not going to score a point. <laughs> <laughs> no faith in Tim Boyle, huh? None. I, I didn't like when, when he was here. And then the the wide receivers are having a hard time get going, getting going. Right now, their wide receiver one is Equinemius St. Brown. He has uh, one receiving touchdown and 195 yards on the season. That's their wide receiver one right now. You also got Chase Claypool, who you just brought in, who has failed to build any kind of chemistry at all with uh with Justin Fields has not been any kind of an impact player at all in this offense <clears throat> and I mean they don't have anybody else you got Dante Pettis is is probably going to have substantial playing time um I mean it's it, it is bleak you know a lot of people like to crap on the what, Packers wide receivers like it, it is night and day um you know looking at the at the the Bears wide receivers they got all these dudes, they got, you know, Nikhil Harry, Dante Pettis. They you know, brought in like every washed up, not great wide receiver you've ever heard of. And they've come in and then done absolutely nothing. I mean, it's it's been it's been bad. It has been. And they have struggled. But you know what this game is? This game is the game that will go a long way to determining whether the Pittsburgh Steelers did the right thing by trading Claypool to the Bears or to the Packers, because uh, if the Bears win this game, they have a chance to get, uh, you know, the Packers have a chance to have a better draft pick than the Bears. Yeah, uh, Byron Pringle is the other guy I got to mention. Uh, he was targeted twice last week, hauled in both targets uh, for six yards apiece. Um, he actually graded out pretty well. I would guess Pringle is going to to uh, feature it, you know, pretty heavily. David Montgomery was their uh, leading receiver. Um, he was targeted four times, had three receptions for 34 yards. Cole Komet targeted six times, hauled in three of those for 26 yards. Like it's kind of those two dudes. And then like a reception, a piece for like five other, uh, nobodies. So the, the, the passing game only works because, uh, Justin Fields run game is making, defenses adjust to try and stop him. And then that leaves guys who are wide open. Now, the last time we played, uh, Getsy was able to scheme guys wide open. I mean, you know, Equinemius had a catch where there was like nobody within like 20 yards of him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we are really dangerously close to, to starting our, our conversation about the Packers defense. And I don't want to do that yet because <laughs> I'm not ready to be depressed, but like, I, I think I think the, that the Packers defense, even the Packers defense is going to be able to stop uh, these wide receivers and, and this passing attack. And the only hope that the Bears have offensively of staying in the game and staying competitive is if Fields is able to make the Packers defense 
have to allocate resources to containing him. And then that will open up uh, some deep shot opportunities. Either that or David Montgomery has to have an exceptionally good game running the football uh, if Fields doesn't play or is limited as far as his ability to run. And the scary thing is, as average as Montgomery is, the way this defense is played, he might just be able to do that. All right, we're going to circle back and touch on the Packers defense to wrap things up. But let's talk about the Packers offense first and talk about who they're going to go up against because the Packers, the Bears defense is horrific. I said before the season that I thought the Bears offense was going to be better than their defense. It has absolutely been true. And their defense just got worse because uh, they lost Eddie Jackson. So uh, the safeties they have out there are Elijah Hicks and DeAndre Houston Carson. Of course, we all know Houston Carson, uh, but Elijah Hicks is a rookie seventh round pick out of Cal and he's been uh, quite bad. He has not had a ton of playing time so far. Um, he's been on special teams a lot for mm, 130 snaps, and he's played, I think, just two offensive or defensive snaps so far this year. Uh, and yeah, I think that's correct. Two. Hang on. Where is my page? Come on. Get back. <laughs> Come back. All right. He has, uh, he only played one week. That was last week on defense and he had 39 snaps. So this would have been after Eddie Jackson came out, right? He played uh, 23 run defense snaps, 15 coverage snaps, graded out really poorly across the board, obviously just one game. So you don't really know, uh, you know what that would look like. Um, you know, once he gets a little more playing time, he wasn't even starting for that. Uh, but he had three tackles, two assists and one missed tackle, not fantastic. Um, uh, stats. He was targeted once and gave up 22 yards and a touchdown. So maybe they have another safety that they're going to play instead, but it sounds like Elijah Hicks is going to be out there next to DeAndre Houston Carson um, at corner. Um, Ken Kendall Vildor is projected to start, but he is hurt. Um, he's been limited in practice all week. Uh, then you have Jalen Johnson, who I have liked, and he had a pretty good uh, sophomore season. But then this third year has been not good. Um, he's been struggling again. You do have rookie Kyler Gordon, but he's in concussion protocol and has not practiced all week. So you're thin at corner. You are really thin at safety. Yeah. Uh, you have and you've traded away anybody who could rush the passer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, pass rushers go, they got Dominique Robinson, who has a 60 pass rush grade, and he got Travis Gibson, obviously has been there a couple of years. He had a good year last year and then has just fallen off a cliff this year. Uh, he does have two sacks and 11 tackles. That's about it as far as any kind of impact stats for him. Uh, Dominique Robinson, uh, three sacks, 15 tackles. Uh, again, no, nothing else of impact for Dominic Robinson. So they're, I mean, their pass rush is bad. Their, uh, defensive tackles, Justin Jones having the worst year of his career by like a million miles. And, uh, and then Armand Watts long time, uh, Minnesota Viking came to Chicago having the worst year of his career. Kind of the only bright spot at all on this defense is their linebackers. Uh, you got Joe Thomas kind of the dude over there. Uh, and of course, uh, rookie Jack Sanborn, who um, it has, has been really good rushing the pastor uh, pastor. I think two weeks ago, I think he was uh, NFC 
player of the week or something and MC rookie of the week, something like that. got some honors like that. Uh, and then uh, they, they do play a lot of three linebacker looks and Nicholas Morrow is the guy who's getting uh, those looks at the uh, third linebacker spot. So that's your defense. It's horrific. I think the Packers offense is going to be able to march down the field at will, but it's time to talk about the Packers defense, because I think that the bears even as limited as they probably will be, as long as they have Justin Fields, I still think they're going to kind of be able to do maybe not as much as the Packers, but they're still going to be able to do almost whatever they want against our defense this week. Like it's just, yeah, I mean, of the, barrel bat. the Chicago bears come into this game with the league's best rushing offense per game at 192 yards per game on the ground. That's just based on average yards gained per game. Obviously, Justin Fields is a big part of that. And if he's not able to run or if he's not able to play, that changes the equation. But, you know, the Packers right now, I don't know if they could stop you and me from running the ball up the middle. (laughs) And, oh, boy, that that performance last week hurt. Would it still count? as a win for the Packers defensively, if you tripped and twisted your ankle. <laughs> yes, it would still count. <laughs> so the the Packers, um, I, I think the biggest issue with the Packers on defense, because they still have plenty of talent. I mean, they still got like, what, six first round picks mm-hmm. <laughs> playing out there. Um, I think the biggest thing is like the whole Packers team has clearly suffered from a lack of player leadership on the field all year. And the Packers defense has been a part of that. And losing Rashawn Gary seems to have been kind of the final straw that broke the camel's back. Now, maybe you get Devondre Campbell back this week and having his leadership out there, I think would go a long way, but like Kenny Clark has given up. He's not playing. He's not trying to play. He's not doing anything. He's, he's like, walking over to his, to his spot. And then the play starts and he kind of like jogs forward a little bit and like lifts a, lifts a glove a little bit and, you know, kind of, kind of pushes at a guy and that's about it. And Dean Lowry kind of phoning in a little bit. Preston Smith kind of phoning in like the, 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 the defense is just not trying. It's like the veterans on defense putting out just a piss poor effort every single week. They're not trying to tackle very hard. You got, you know, guys like Rudy Ford, and and you know other young hungry guys who actually want a role on the defense Keyshawn Nixon like they're actually out there trying and you know their their talent level isn't where our uh, big name guys are but they are playing a lot better and they are actually the impact players on defense right now they and are. it's and it's not like I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle their contributions but it's not because they are great it's because nobody else around them is trying and they are the ones who are actually trying so they're the ones who can make all the plays because nobody else is making plays. So, well, you know, yeah, ahead. I mean, the old cliche in sports is to win. Your best players need to be your best players. And we're definitely not seeing that from the defense right now. And that's why you got guys like Keyshawn Nixon and Ford stepping up and, and, and assuming bigger roles than their raw talent would otherwise indicate. And then I think there's another category of players Guys like uh, Quay Walker and Chris Barnes, who I think are playing with passion, but may, you know, in the case of Walker in particular, 
probably just isn't assignment sure yet and is still adjusting to the pro game and is getting beaten often as a result of that. I I, I think the only star on defense who's actually playing, and I'm not even going to say he's playing like a star because he's absolutely not, but the only star on our defense who is playing competent football right now is Jair. And he's playing well below like the established Jair level. Like he, he is playing like hot garbage by Jair standards. He's playing competent football by NFL standards by Jair standards. Like it's, it's terrible. Um, I'm going to read to you, Gil. These are the Packers players who had a positive grade on defense. All right. From, uh, so I'm only going to read the guys who had a positive, positive grade, but I'm going to go from worst to best in that group. And this is against the Eagles. Against the Eagles. Okay. All right. Uh, new addition at safety, Corey Ballantyne, who played one snap, but he had a positive play on that snap. Okay. Uh-huh. Then you have new addition at uh, edge rusher, and that is Justin Hollins. He played eight snaps in run defense, 13 in pass rush. And this is a guy who has never had anything to offer at all in pass rush. Like his whole career, he's been kind of garbage against the pass, um, but a pretty a, a decent supporting uh, cast member when it comes to run defense. And he didn't do great against the run, but he, he actually graded out positively against the pass rush. He had a 61.9 grade. There's only four more to go, by the way. <laughs> the next the next guy was Jair at 68. All right. Like good, not great. Keyshawn Nixon at 73. TJ Slayton. Hey, there you go. Finally, a guy that you like would hope would show up and play well that, you know, you kind of you kind of thought he'd be a big role on your off on your defense. All right, great. TJ Slayton, 75 and then Rudy Ford an 88. By the way, the last three weeks, uh, three weeks ago, Rudy Ford was the highest graded player on defense. Last week, he was the lowest graded player on defense. This week, he was, again, the highest graded player on defense. I mean, I, I'm, I'm it's not hyperbole. Literally best, worst, best. There's no, nobody has been higher in two of those weeks. Nobody has been lower in the other week. Kind of, kind of crazy, but whatever. So that's six players who had any kind of a positive grade. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the list of Packers players who graded out. Mm, I'm not even going to say like, I'm going to skip the guys who are like just a little bit below average. I'm going to go straight to just horrible. (laughs) Do we have time for this on, on the show? Kenny Clark, 46, Adrian Amos, 44, Preston Smith, 44, Darnell Savage, 41, Devontae Wyatt, 36. I think he's been playing well recently, but he had a bad day. Jaron Reed, 35, Quay Walker, 30, Dean Lowry, 30, Chris Barnes, 28, Isaiah McDuffie, 26. I mean, this is one of easily one of our worst defensive performances of the year. And obviously it shows up in the box score. You cough up 40 freaking points. Let down your offense, who managed to put up 33, which is the most they've scored all year, and it's not enough because you couldn't tackle anybody. You had 22 missed tackles, and then Matt LaFleur came out with one of the weirdest quotes ever today, which is Thursday. Uh, He was asked what he thought of the tackling all year, not just on Sunday, and he said that he thought prior to Sunday's game, that the tackling has been pretty decent, which blows my mind. They've, they have had a total of three games out of 12 where they had five or fewer missed tackles and any kind, you know, uh, like 
even like half of the players having a good tackling grade. Most of the year, it has been like horrific. You had games with like 15, 16 missed tackles, like kind of just about every other week all year long. I, I don't understand. the. I, I do understand. He doesn't want to fire Joe Barry midseason. Right. And so and so he's, you know, he's saying this. And I, I don't think it's true. And I, I don't think that he believes it. No, he doesn't want to do it midseason, but he's going to have to do it after the season. I mean, if the Packers shut out their last five opponents, do you still think he's back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, he's I don't think that Matt LaFleur really wants to fire Joe Barry. He doesn't he likes hiring his buddies and he doesn't like firing him. I think that being a a coordinator or even a position coach under Matt LaFleur is a pretty cushy job. You get a lot of opportunities to keep, you know, you're given a lot of opportunities over and over again to try and prove that you have not been the problem this whole time that like, Hey, you know what? Last year was terrible, but it was a fluke. And this year I'm going to get it done. And Matt LaFleur is like, Oh, Oh, good to hear that. All right. Sounds good. You get a second year. <laughs> what, what you also get if you're the defensive coordinator under Matt LaFleur is autonomy because he is not a defensive oriented coach. No, but he will um, throw himself under the bus. He, he will, you know, take a bullet for you and, and take all the heat. And, you know, if I, I'm sure he probably does have harsh conversations with his coaches behind closed doors, but uh, to the media, he is always going to take the heat for his guys. Yeah, he is both his players and his coaches. So there is that. What do you think here is is the key for the Packers defensively? Like what if if a week from now uh, we are reflecting on this game and saying, man, the Packers defense actually showed up and it wasn't just Bears incompetence. It was that the Packers fixed a couple of of realistic um, areas that they could improve and actually turned in a good performance. What do you think that? was the most likely scenario in which that had occurred. Honestly, to me, the most likely scenario that that occurs is that they force a couple of turnovers. I I think tackling well has to be a factor because for all, and and I'm not disagreeing with you about the turnovers. I, I I should have started with, yes, I agree, but also, (laughs) also onto my point, I, I think that, Although I have a lot of problems with Joe Barry, and I think that there are issues with the play calling and issues with the scheme and where he's having guys stand. Against the Eagles, he had guys in position to stop Jalen Hurts, to stop Miles Sanders, and the players were not executing. They were missing their tackles and allowing these huge gash plays. We we saw... Uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, the first uh, actually it was a, it was after the the first Bears game when they couldn't they couldn't even slow down the Bears rushing attack like it was really embarrassing, and the Packers went really hard in practice and just drilled tackling. Week three against the the Buccaneers, they tackled so well, and I came on this podcast and I gushed about it. And I was like, oh, it's beautiful. They did such a good job tackling. Uh, they they limited Leonard Fournette to like 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, we had like one missed tackle in the entire day. Oh, it was just amazing. 
but they had a bunch of soft tissue injuries that week because of how hard they practice. Mm -hmm. And so that was the end of practicing that way. And that was the end of this mentality of this hard nosed, mean, hard hitting, hard tackling defense. And after that, like they just got soft. And I think that they have, I think they practice soft. I think they I think they have a soft mentality and it shows up uh, on game day. And, and uh, I, I think that if you, if you have a good performance, it's because after that horrific performance against the Eagles, you started practicing differently and actually focused on wrapping up and tackling well and, 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 you know, you're in position. Okay. Then grab the guy and don't let him run past you. Don't let him juke you. You know, after everything we've seen this season and the fact that you had to go all the way back to week three to remember a really good performance by this defense, as far as tackling goes, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. This team isn't tackling because I think they lack confidence. I think they lack confidence in the scheme. I think they lack confidence in each other. And they are almost, almost looking indifferent at times. And, you know, I can take a team that is poorly coached and defend the players. I could take a team that is not talented enough and defend the players. But if you're not giving that effort, if you're indifferent, that bothers me a great deal. And I'm starting to believe that that's part of the problem right now. Yeah, it, it is really crazy to look at the record and see how few the games they've won and then look at the talent across the board. And it's not even like they are playing bad, but it's like inconsistent. And and I mean, they still rank really highly like they're they have one of the most dominant offenses in the NFL. You would never know it by watching these games. But statistically, they have uh, one of the 10 best offenses in the NFL, especially over the last few weeks uh, on the course of the season. The Packers uh, on, on the whole season, all 12 games that they played so far, the Packers rank 13th on offense, seventh on defense, if you can believe it. Um, sorry. That's uh, seventh on offense and seventh on defense, actually. And then it's it's 13th overall. So the special teams drags them down a little bit. The Bears have one fewer wins than us. They rank 30 fence, 31st on defense, 27th on offense, and 31st overall. Now, there is a factor of who you've played. The Bears have played the 16th hardest schedule. The Packers have played the fourth hardest schedule. Uh, but it's... It, it there's also the eye test. And when you watch these guys play, there's too many guys that are just not trying. You know, you got plays where you just watch an offensive lineman, just take a snap off. And he's just like, eh, I'm tired. Screw this. You know, you have a decent defensive play where you just see that these guys are just, their hearts are not in it. And they're just not really paying attention. And, and like, Oh, you know what? Jalen hurts is standing right in front of me. But you know, there, there's a guy who's, uh, kind of got an arm around me a little bit. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like pushing through that and going and hitting Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Quay Walker make that tackle. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Kenny. Thanks for your contribution. Glad you're here. Glad we're paying you all this money. <laughs> the Packers uh, run it 39% of the time. The Bears run it just a hair over 50% of the time. 50.3% of snaps are designed run plays. Um, neither team is, um, 
uh, ranking super great in expected points added um, when they are throwing the ball. Uh, but the Bears um, are 0.06 points added uh, per rush play. So uh, that it, it is something they do well. Yeah. Uh, and, and then looking at the quarterbacks, you know, Justin Fields, obviously absolutely lethal with his legs. But as a passer, he has been struggling. His passer rating when kept clean is decent. Uh, Rodgers is at 99.4 when he's kept clean. Uh, Justin Fields is at 98.6. So, you know, basically exactly what you're getting from Aaron Rodgers. When he's under pressure, his passer rating drops to 60.4. He also has, uh, he, he is upside down when it comes to big time throws compared to turnover worthy plays. 2.62% of the time he's making a big time throw. That is uh, half of uh, Aaron Rodgers rate and 4.65% of the time he is making turnover worthy plays, which is double Aaron Rodgers. He can be a, a, an asset for them. No question. And especially when you look at the quarterback options they have behind him, uh, Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle. I mean, there is a clear and obvious drop off from fields to those guys. And I do Mm -hmm. think that Fields has talent. Um, but if you can contain him and force him to throw and get pressure on him, uh, he, I think really is a weak link for, for this offense. Um, they, they do put up really good points. Uh, they they score about 30 points a game, uh, which also is what the Packers are doing right now. They're also putting up almost exactly 30 points a game, which is why the, uh, spread is, is pretty close. Three Packers are three and a half point favorites. But, but that really is the key. You have to contain Justin Fields, which I don't think either of us have confidence in this defense to do. And you have to tackle well and stop the run and, and make them throw. If you can't do that, then then they're going to be able to execute their game plan against you. They're going to eat up the clock. They're going to have really long drives. They're going to kill you on the ground, and they're going to put up a lot of points while they do it. Yeah, and if the Packers' run defense can't, get the job done, then, you know, it's going to be a big problem. And it's been a problem almost all year with the exception of that Bucks game. How many other times have you said, Oh yeah, the Packers run defense was very good this week. Yeah. Like never. It's time for us to make our picks. Um, I am picking the Packers to win. Uh, I am picking the Packers to cover. And I'm smashing the over because I don't think that either of these defenses is going to be able to do anything. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. The over under is set at 44 and a half points. I think 75 points are going to get scored in this game. Wow. I'm taking the Packers 45 to 30, which is the same score the last time they they met in 2021. And of course, uh, a lot of those points for the Bears that time came as a result of special teams. Uh, but I think that the Bears offense is improved this time around. I think they can get to 30 on their own without help from the special teams. Well, I'm a little more conservative than you uh, as far as that is concerned. I, I picked the Packers. I think they will cover, but uh, I'm going Packers 27, Bears 13. 27, 13. I think that we said last week that we were done picking the Packers to win, <laughs> but then we but forgot the bears. We the bears. The bears on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're both picking the Packers to cover. 
Uh, and then you have the under, right? Yeah, 30, yeah. You got 40 points. I have the over. So that's where we can uh, separate. Uh, I still have a two point lead on you for the season, but you are creeping up a little bit because uh, you got two points this past week because we both picked Philly to cover and they did. Uh, but you picked the over and obviously this score went well over. It was a uh, 73 points scored uh, and the over under was set at 46. So I picked the under. So you gained one point on me. I'm at 13 on the season. You are at 11 on the season. It's getting down to the wire, man. I'm I think coming for you, be, man. That's it. <laughs> whoever's going to win is going to win by a nose. Probably. All righty. That does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up today on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com